Uh, hello everybody, welcome to another Monday video podcast. We have with us a special guest, the chairman of Mallard, Jake Scott. Welcome to the show, Jake. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Mario. How are you? Yeah, no, but thanks. Uh, I mean, it's getting close to Christmas, usually um, close to Christmas holidays. British politics in Westminster kind of dies down. Seems mm. to be quite chaotic, uh, hasn't it? Bit? <laughs> yeah, I think normally it dies down, although if the reports of the last few days are anything to go by, they were having quite a few parties last year. So. I mean, yeah, at least they're having fun, which is fun. Um, although the latest picture coming out from Downing Street, um, apparently that's a, that's a work meeting with the Prime Minister's wife. So <laughs> apparently that's normal behaviour. Uh, but it takes us to the main topic of the day, which is... Uh, Something that we've been thinking about, obviously, both when I, um, you and I were at a Tory conference and uh, looking around the crowd. And when I was a young person joining the politics and the Tories, um, we used to actually have a strong um, youth wing. And uh, at the time, actually, the youth wing were the people, you know, as the Churchill used to say as well, you know, we used to be idealistic and at least b- believe in something. Whether you're a libertarian or a small C conservative, we used to have debates, we used to discuss ideas. And uh, but now um, the people I met, firstly, the, it's, it's, the group is a lot smaller than before. But generally speaking, they're all a lot of them um, are what you call just a, a kind of like a small number, uh, mm. part of the big machine, and uh, they don't really say much. Uh, they just want to deliver leaflets and become candidates and become MPs with no views. And then on the other hand, you have you guys. Uh, there's there is a movement now um, within the Conservative Party that there are some young people who are actually discussing ideas. So tell us about uh, you and well, Mallard and what's happening with the, the, the new wave of young small C Conservatives. Yeah, absolutely. So with Mallard, we've, you know, we've existed for about five years now and I only took it on uh, about four years ago. And in that time, we've kind of tried to shift it from just a commentary site to one that tries to actually generate ideas, like you say. There's a feeling, I think, that since Cameron's left especially, the party is just adrift. And back in 2016, uh, no, sorry, 2017, I remember writing an article in which I said the problem with the party is that we're now, we now have a new leader, Theresa May at the time, obviously, and she has never had to generate her own ideology because ideologies are generated best in opposition. When you're in government, you tend to just do what's necessary, or at least you present things that way. A lot of the time you do things that you want to do anyway, but you present them as necessary. Um, and of course, since Theresa May, we've had Boris Johnson, and I, I, I don't know what Boris Johnson stands for. So there is a real sense amongst the, the, the young right that there is a, a, just an intellectual vacuum in the party. And there's been hints of, of promise. You know, we had groups like Onward, yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, but that seems to have become a bit of a, you know, a bit of a damp squib. Um, <laughs> nothing really seems to be coming out of the party. I mean, the party 60 years ago would produce intellectual pamphlets all the time. Yeah. You know, they were actually an intellectual force. And even as late as the 70s and in the early 80s, the CPS were, you know, the yeah. Centre for Policy Studies were an actual think tank. I mean, granted, set up by Margaret Thatcher, but they were, yeah. they were a think tank. There's nothing like that now. So our, our hope is that we generate debate and we give people a space to, to put across interesting and, and um, alternative ideas. No, you're right. I mean, firstly, think tanks and pressure groups these days, unfortunately, from the small ones to the big ones, um, they, they're mostly there to just organize networking events and social events. And sometimes, of course, they come up with some ideas. And these days, I just disagree with all the ideas. They're all 
so interventionist that it's not even conservative interventionist it's actually Blairism mm. uh, so that's one thing but you mentioned that Theresa May Boris Johnson it's a very good point because I think even you know even though I would disagree uh, with her but I think someone like Theresa May or Mayites uh, in opposition, if they started in opposition, they would have had some sort of philosophy uh, about Mayism uh, or paternalistic conservatism. Uh, but she, obviously, she didn't have the time. But she, she was already in government, and it's, that's the problem with the, the, the Tory machine right now. That uh, they go with the the kind of the first instinct of the Tory party, which is just to maintain power and exercise power. But then sometimes they forget that even at the time when they used to do it, decades ago, centuries ago, they they were still exercising power while still being philosophical, right? Mm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the, the great thinkers of the British rights in history have been statesmen, Edmund Burke, uh, Disraeli, uh, Lord Salisbury, Harold Macmillan, you know, all the way through to Quinton Hogg. And, uh, and after that, you see a real decline. And there seems to be something of a separation between um, statesmen and intellectuals. And, uh, and, and I think that you're absolutely right that the party is is only concerned with winning elections. I mean, it's it's, it's the best election winning machine oh, in yeah. European history, yeah. and for that reason, it's probably not going to change. Yeah. But you have these debates, like you, you brought up at the start there, that you know you've got these careerist Tories that go along with the party line, and whenever you ask them, you know, what should we do, they have no answers for themselves. All they do is defer to polls, yeah. or at least you know, polling that brings out. Um, things that they they think the public wants and for that reason they don't really have an ideology and they don't have a philosophy yeah. if you actually ask them you know what's what's the value of the free market well they don't really know they just know that that's what people like um, yeah. even if that's necessarily declining yeah um, I think one of the main problems that we have is uh, as we said at the beginning of it and kind of shift the debate towards uh, the, the young conservatives how is it because I obviously I met you guys uh, I went to for those of you who don't know went to Birmingham there was this uh, massive debate uh, with all the kind of young activists and uh, well young, young Tories and Jake uh, and <laughs> used to be young but uh, uh, but uh, you had um, as you call them the blue beyond group uh, which are kind of well, some people say kind of the left of the party, but it, I've, I've also had chats with some of them. Some of them are just not even left. They're just, as we say, they're the people who just follow the crowd. Uh, but then you had the, obviously the, the Mallard and Orthodox Conservatives who are more traditional Conservatives. So you, within that, you have you had the Libertarians and you had very, very kind of small-c Conservatives. I was fascinated by the fact that there were at least people who were discussing ideas obviously as, as an older person I, and I, I said you know this is a it's too idealistic kind of join the real world but obviously uh, the, a lot of the friends that we have from there they will eventually obviously when, when you start getting a job you, you start ranting about ideas and you start actually paying your taxes but overall it, it's what we need right it, there's some sort of ideas how is it for any opinion because obviously you've been around these groups uh, over the last few years despite the fact that we don't really have a youth wing there's no kind of a platform how are these people created? Is it just because at uni you go to freshers and then sometimes you just have a drink with people and you'll be like, oh, you're weird, I'm weird, and let's talk about Edmund Burke or something. How does this happen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's, uh, that, that's, very, that's very apt, really. Um, so um, when I was in my third year, I remember researching uh, post-World War II right-wing movements, and the, the difference between young conservatives now and young conservatives in the 60s is that young conservatives were was the name of the branch and it is now but it's different um but it was a conscious social club and you know you read reports and basically people would go to young conservative events 
to have a drink with their friends or to, to watch a film or to go to a dance, you know, any of these sorts of things. And obviously the party basically saw that as a, as a, as a sort of activist uh, potential base and for that reason, co-opted it for, for campaigning, which is which is never good. Um, but but I think what that reflects really is that young people aren't all that serious. Young mm. people do just want to have fun, um, yeah. and and for that reason, I think a lot of the time young people are, you know, they, they talk to people because they actually want to have discussions, they want to have debates, mm. and. I mean, the Mallard started in uh, Sussex University and, and, and the founder literally, like you say, started it in a student bar with a friend and they kind of snowballed from there. Uh, I know Orthodox Conservatives originally got in contact with me because of the work I was doing. Uh, Blue Beyond was started by Luke Black to sort of try and push politics outside of Westminster. Yep. I, think he's, I think he did a good job in that regard. Yep. But the internet is where things are these days. I mean, obviously, you know, as, as, a, as a presenter on the internet, but t Twitter is a fantastic resource for trying to gal galvanize the young right. I mean, we, we mostly do most of our stuff on Twitter. Um, you know, the magazine that we started in, mm. in April, the physical print magazine, that has basically taken off because of Twitter. Mm. Uh, and there's loads of circles on Twitter that seem to be concerned with um, not only diagnosing the current problem, but presenting some kind of alternative. Yeah, I think uh, in terms of uh, over the last few years and the creation of uh, Mallard and Orthodox Conservatives and Blue Beyond, partly because post 2015, uh, there's not been a real actual structure for the for the youth wing. Uh, partly also, to be fair, no one really talks about this part of it. Uh, we've been in government uh, for a long time now, so it's, it's not really cool uh, to just be like, oh, let's join the Tory party uh, as opposed to opposition. And I think the third part is, this was in post-2015 stuff. That's, that was also the rise of uh, internet, right-wing internet. You had the Ben Shapiro's, Jordan Peterson's, and all the others. Obviously, there are different politics, but at least people even here, young people got into, including myself, kind of watching YouTube videos and uh, kind of watching the American kind of thinkers and everybody else. I think that kind of uh, helped. But if, you know, last question is, if, if you had some sort of uh, um, God-given power to now be in charge of um, the youth wing, in the, the Tory party, but, and also, in terms of structure, how to kind of create it, but also in terms of how to introduce some sort of sound philosophy into tourism, um, how would you do it? And also, should we do it? Should we bother, or should we just like not bother with the Tory party in, in, the, in that in that sense? I have been thinking about this a lot actually over the last six months because I think there's a seriously untapped resource in student societies. Mm. Um, the, the party mostly treats them, again, as a campaigning resource, but mm. that really, you know, U University of Birmingham Conservatives probably has about 40 members and maybe about 10 of them go campaigning. Um, but if you look to America, the one thing that they've been doing that is incredibly impressive is hosting these kind of tours of, of campuses and actual big events and getting speakers to go. And, you know, granted, it might start fairly small, but I think we should do something here where we... Um, you know, we, we go to a campus and we go to another two or three campuses after and say, well, we're going to we're going to come to your society and talk about things and actually say to people, well, let's think about what we believe and why, mm. rather than just, you know, going to people on the streets. And when they say, but why should I be a conservative? Not why should I vote Tory? Why should I be a conservative? You've actually yeah. got an answer. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, the tour is a good idea. That's why we are bringing back the two-seat tour, guys. Uh, 26th of January, we're going to come to Manchester, unless Boris Johnson ruins our party again. <laughs> like last night, not really sure how that's going. Uh, but thanks again for coming on the show. Any last few words? Any, any kind of words of wisdom or hope for the future of conservatism? Or are we, are we in doom and gloom right now? <laughs> I, I think there's a, there is a hope for the future of the British right, but we have to be there to, to, to inject that energy. Brilliant. Thanks again for uh, watching, guys. Thanks to uh, Jake for coming on the show. I'm Mighty and I'll see you guys in the next video podcast.